Ars Optica by Dr. Nathaniel Henry Fox Introduction Light in the motion of the hour of recognition marks a calendar. Sequences and edges are outlined, inductive motion thereby observable to the ordinary mathematician. Light as a sequence or balance of platform creates an occurrence of apprehendable light circumstance. That scientific formula is balanced in a digression of ethic that may spread to our many towns and municipalities. As the air of the day arises, cast upon us is a melody of distinctness and beauty in resonance. The sun is to give us warmth when our slants about it are still from wind. The light accelerates through a medium. Gesticulation of the right size or diameter of sample or haphazard pyramid yields a redundancy of hierarchical relationships to field, draw, and sort. The characteristics of the artesian sedentary observer in his peak to overcome sloth perhaps the difference in the length of the arm from the other. In the general characteristics of observing essence, there is the known palate of the disc and the round center wherefrom the central channel may form the bellows for a more fluted environment that heat and light may truffle for the observer a more careless remembrance, the lit fire the more keen and certain avenue for ascertaining truth to the elements. With the prism is the observance of the separation of the arc structures as spheres are not readily observable to indicate some livelihood about the heavens instead. It is that the prism may give for the casual student the observations of the sunlight into bent form as some readily searchable ticket for offering the vegetables a sort of glance that can give the hypnist the assured regard. There is for every tool a toy maker. That the reader can be assured light may enter the storage about a place let there be an exploration of light from the standpoint of aesthetic loss. That an argument is formed to be required to entrain the optical absolutism about techniques such that the ready man is able to function in their given duties. This is to say, let not one light interfere with the job when ready and steady the pulses of the versatility by sheer antiquation with the form per given sun. Let the resting embrace of the perception of the bottom or lower base of the bowel be reckoned with the law, such that there is that attraction to that which flows upon the dim, that there is no allusion to the reaching foible of the optical gable. It can be that any engagement with the optical crescent in a descending argument can bring with it some instance of regression to the scheme of things. There is the instance when man recognizes light that there is another man born from him. Should any mile marker be plotted to object, to the stationary mechanisms of yet another man's brand of sheer detriment to the English habit. Let us therefore consider the elementary tables of the optical ladder, that there is no such regression of the instinct to show disfavor for a man who has fallen into the pit of resolving to the tithings of the slow lever. Regardless of his heaviness, man may entrain the mind to study light. To do with the verses hidden about the light, one may gather interspersed perspective about the wits of the house that there may be fair judgment of light, and to impart of the reticle to do some keen-eyed business about a subject. There can be that void hidden in the remnants of the experiment or observation that light may shine forth from the strictness of our failed relationship to sound, that our instinct about light is to be challenged by the optical incursion of our Reich over man to do harm to an individual by way of penmanship. We may have to admit the physics about light has been wrong. The argument to justify the writings to do with the world of light may be but a merry jaunt in the great rising of the suffering to address the business of the day in a time when so few endeavor upon much reading than to blot out the hour.
In our piece to address new findings, there can be solace in this work. Chapter 1. Radical Natura May there be a lit creature of the sullen argument that the optical shear hath laden upon the language some subtle intricate of pressure, that there is the word choice for the freedom of the hour to do away with the sodomy of the gears of Newton's crass assessment of the ephemeris. Let us see our optical wisdom light as a sheer calendar of the gathering of star witness to such abuse. Should there be such humble embrace of the lexicon for hunger in words to yearn for a better book than the lessons imparted upon us by those observing the light in our history? Some new marks must be made. For art thou not interested in the flavorings of the colored books by not imparting some spectacle of reason to the situation, there is the hampering of the whims about treason for any man who should so challenge the legis so sheerly there is a sound in an ear before such history bickers a new source for our light in question. It is for me, then, to give some new scale of venture to instruct the higher workings to a scheme about light. This is to say the optical disposition of any problem is as sure as the light may be able to be entrained upon some path. There can be only an equal calendar associated with any number of pathways to pathways to hierarchical order amongst verbs to describe the dumb buckery we have done to light. And it is thus we trust the acquisition of the natural light over the maths for the pre-equal skelter of some dangerous radiation. Let us take our time before pondering the light of the novas the men of the prism could yet fathom to bicker regarding. That optical rhetoric is to be held higher than the principles of mathematics as a lexicon for binding columns in the instance of recognition of printed plates of work. There is residual before an overlay of an assault on the maths can be made that our reasoning is raised to the apprehension of light. That light is shown gives us justifiable difference with the maths principle at all, and such that there is that bickering indignant poise about the shaft of an arrow, that the archer is better prepared for war. There is the insuperable lesson to generate for the warfare tactic some fleeting solace of developed new maths about light. It is that an observer has existed who has procrastinated for so long as to give only the best of his ability in writing some new parcel of strength for the assurance of blasphemy of the light of Lucifer and his wits to eat an apple in defiance, birthing some strange calendar operating against the war clocks guided by cobblestone and concrete where light strikes the political man on the street. There can be a transformation of the walkway to the theater of the battle to do with light should the resolve of the mechanisms involved in scientific study allow for the opulescence about a plane, or stigma to resolve. Their slain is the justifiable meter for an indignant remark against shadow or other circumstance of the parley, that we should ignore even tricks of the eye. The whole matter of hallucination has been blotted out. In the resolve to higher reason, there can be the optical digression of our scientific nom de plot, that there is some begging of the taking of a meal of ideas bigger and broader than has been previously proposed before the sure-sightedness of the decision to debate the origin of lead and the appetite of the alchemist becomes a new chemistry. And seeing that the earth relates to our food, there is only the taking of the tinsel before any accidents may happen that light relates to energy, and the sheer factor of the chemical absolves to a mineral for the science for the science of any tool we will have figured to develop to measure light along the way. In this work, 
There is great freedom in the use of words to explain light and position that the natural habit to struggle for aesthetic tools development may take shape. Should some optical crescent about our judgment develop spontaneously from our extraterrestrial source, it is then there may be a question of ethics to absolve the feature of resilience about an extraction of our tools from our quiver of sorts. That some sure wit need remain within us, that footedness about the terms of light is had, that not are we reduced to a mark on the ground without striking out to discover some new source and behavior of light. In resolving the feature of light, there is the remark to take charge of any form related to feature by addressing the optical stress and retrieving the light source. Encountering form and feature in argument, optical shades of a residual nature may be shown that elucidate a figure as being dynamically stable, such that winds may change but there is still weather. In developing an optical algorithm, there is a subtle change to the light wherein from digress form digresses from color. In an instance where light is critical to feature or digression, there can be any interleaved show of force by frequency, every table entrusting essence to form or figure. Only in a balanced reticle is there such change that optical shear displays an opulence of coalescence by all uniting vectors of shown light. Should there be some flavorless nature to light digression in form instance, that there is no preference to arrive at conclusion based only on inference, there for the scientific-minded is a mark of calibration in the reticle of the observer. Higher optics is without scientific ideal or true nomenclature yet established. Thus we must pave the way through reason of extraneous ideas to do with light. For maths and ordering pairs of numbers, there is clause for every factor of mathematical insight into name and symbol. In optical digression, each number is encapsulated by feature that all form instances are retrievable through reticular conception. The adjustment of the iris suffices for calibration as to integer when any form is relatable to the eye. The measurement of feature becomes a distance to the form object when measurement is willed by an observer so long as any adjacent form preconceptualizes electrical matter an instance within that observer. In an optical ladder where scope eclipses to benevolence, there is sequence without digression, allowing for forms to subjugate without pretensive attribution to any nuance about the reticular forma. This is to imply there is a looking within the light, and a calculus of light instances where distance is measured as frequency. It is in our history of limiting light by speed that may have prevented some other discovery. Light is equal to all measurable instance, rather, distance in volume, should form and feature be observed as one single moment instance of recognizable light. Any shade of light elucidating feature grants to the observer a quantity, quality rather, of observable manifestation, some executable rhythm in the observable light spectrum. Higher radiation of insight produced by light observation can be explained as warmth in the microwave spectrum that the action of the iris is to stay lit to pretensive aperture. In a lattice of hierarchical optical beacons whereupon algorithms of scale and form meet to form an insight feature observable as light or perceivable microwave, light may bend or shear into manifested shuddering of optical preludes. As examination of such light fosters occlusion in natural form instances where light is reflective, the eye tends to close when exposed to harmful light and hierarchs of its natural source 
have yet to rotate into season against our Earth. This is to further insinuate the presence of some fundamental party willfully manipulating light from outer space to our earthly source. Yet our mistake has been to omit the function of other life outside of Earth in our sciences. Nature keen to reject warmth is demonstrably sunlit, sunlight itself, should the cooling of the eye or a cold reticle of telescope or gun shape be any more than even against the plane of the universe. In the ideal reticle, there is embrace of form and focus, light being common to nature and disease. But it is such some moral argument argu <clears throat> has restricted society's embrace of the simple nuisance of visible light. Engaging the relation of the sonic to the delineations of time between the ear and the eye, there is a clear audience about the judgment that may reach a fundamental tapestry of weaves about the eye wherein mass is displaced by color instance and recognition. Eye shot is mismeasured, and audible suggestion of figure is precluded by a dilation of radial phenomena about the ears and face, precluding the judgment to assert time object without sound reference to some phenomenon, most sonic, <coughs> that the ear may acquire the scale of the form or feature without reference to optical quality. There is such risk that the ear may acquire the light of the forma, that the nature of the object is lost to the antiquation with problems of interference otherwise gauged by the eye or senses. To marshal the wits about the observer, there can be such tension that light precludes the judgment about form, such light causing damage to the observer from some unknown source. It is best to remember that form and feature are best clarified by observable instances where the ear and the eye have calibrated some relation to the phenomenal world, and that it may be the sun other bodies continue to affect changes about form through the day and night. In the production of notes to do with nature of the eye, as it relates to some system of the scientific feature of smell, light may be in some way the permeable medium to simply digress from the science of the ears and throat, that there may be remembrance to seek form and feature in the optical subtleties about the observed plane. It can be helpful in training the eye to conclude that the warmth and touch to the light of the observer is to be made mention in observation when concluding light is substance. Should there be a keen insight that contradicts the observer's readiness about the form about form rather to not generate some tension about the ears and head when exposed to new light, there can be delicate contrast that develops in the palette of the iris that precludes judgment of distance, enabling the eye to apprehend occurrences that are distinguish indistinguishable from the infinite. That there can be a heat about the guise of friendship and meeting with a patriarch to imagine a scene about the infinite, the reticle can be honed to place upon the earth a scant reminder of the inference inference, rather, gathered through more observation. A man may be slain, else a new star may be argued from the ground. It is in the keen eye of the observer that there is strong placement of his wits about the mechanism of inference to not suggest a tool to observe light, even if for a moment the eyepiece in question is but a tool for the gemstone trade, reader's glasses, or some other higher thing. From the perspective of the religious Neanderthal, Picture and sight picture are an adjustment to the angle of the moon and the corners of man's relationship to water. 
For the survivors of the great ears of our evolution, there can be but a small stone identifiable at the bottom of the ocean, and this precious observed thing can be taken from there after a great journey with a structure reminiscent of shape of the eye in a fish. Some submarine rounded slightly at the front, proving once more the power of the emulation of the sky shapes by the human. And for the man who hunts upright on the ground, the ethic in what he sees has yet to stabilize until he does not eat. For it is then there is a new picture of light amidst the fasting that one cannot deny through experience. The seasons of the eye change with the coming and going of the summer, that the fresh animal spirit jaunts into the open air of spring, autumn, and winter. And the fables are born of a man whose eye is fixed for the gathering of fruits from beneath the trees. There is no silver context truly powerful to imagine the instinct born of Eden has not in some way crossed to the sinning of the person who sees moral sight objective in what he aims to lay waste to, whether by martial power over the gun or academic power over the pen with a star scope. There is that sign of the universe so far away, man must make for himself some avenue of change before the crossing into the form and figure occur to bring about a change in the sight picture. Of the ways of a man, there can be that he has seen great strides emerge from his reticle. That a man can argue himself a great and accomplished spirit to have seen and made judgment about a sight picture. There is not to say one has gunned down the environment with a piece of glass to lay out his smithy about a new sarscope either. There can be that way of the man that is few minor instances of violence and posture to have shaped glass his own and thus there is some form to victory. For it is this journeyman who must cross the line to reunite the source of his glass once more. It is within such strong ethic that a man may rekindle his understanding of science and the arts in his own way. Else there is but a loss of the season, and we have died. In ignoring the sight picture of the reticle, there can be little transformation of the mass technique that some equation is born from observation and it is true that the scientists can argue away the scope, that no glass interfere with the path of the observer, that some new vision can emerge to bring gentle spirit over the wills of the ways his testimony. Yet still it is our planet is plagued with misguided measurements that in no way reflect the common decency of a man to reference the will or testimony of another journeyman, to not draw out some great power of chastity about the pen, that there can be a new physics without death or defeat within academia by word argument. With one's glass, one has a habit, and it is beneficial to have such habit, else the mechanisms of the greater scientific features cannot possibly emerge without strong opposition to the ways of the movements of the earth. Chapter 2. Forma Light increasing in a room can cause reticular traction in the schema to elucidate subtle hints of posture in prose and situation. When light is allowed to accrete, there is a meandering of the focus from the usual kaleidoscope of preference toward the tension of mathematical inference, should the observer be trained to acquiesce into the keenness of debate. Should the freshness of light remaining for the observer who has trained the focus to not digress into mathematical suggestion, there can be the opening of vast lenses in the brain. The experience of light can continue until scale for the unusual objects are brought to term and infinity is brought to examination. The universe is a palette of light and the observer keen to embrace light can modify the slightest trajectories of light to allow for clever contrast. 
It is seen that in the architectural ways of man that an apprehension of a dynamic about light causes some observers to modify form and feature altogether rather than embrace a reluctance to bring change to a room or situation, giving time for the brain's personal observance. It can be that the observer is well trained and science of architecture outweighs the importance of subtle figura as observed by the layman. We must find how else the eye will but retaliate when confronting the finer mechanisms about our subject. To refine the placement of light within a room is to bring about a zeal to the mechanics of a perplex of situational circumstances that dictate a change in the permeation of form for meaning. There can be an evident shift in the dynamical feature of the optic when the rain or other observer obstruction rather, enters a threshold, but it is that the nature of the observer shifts only in the nature of the optical differences ever slight. It is such that the observer is fit to digress from the science of gesture and instigate a mark on a calendar some suggestive plot or course of light within a season, bringing to term plot and mark within with regard, respective experiment. In quieting the shades of the subtle with the obtrusive suggestiveness of style, one recoils from a study of gait or other turmoil through a structure. It is important to note that the physics of the ray take on a debauchery that should not be accepted by the standard notating pen such that light can be observed at a higher rate than the German eye is allowing equipment to acquire signal to counteract in the battle with their academics. And it has been shown that the rules of light tend to change with coming creativity of the ordinary citizen in his remarks against the physicist. Should a man fail to digress in addressing the subtle inlets about his house of the delicate features and influence of light, Within his lifetime, there can be no other argument than for the closure of the sciences to the inane justification of circumstances to subsidiary sciences suggestive of some exaggerated form or plot masked in physical and mathematical note. It can be that the eye for detail is so dramatic in repose that the ordinary influx gathering the focus of the sight that the observer may curtail changes to a reticle, for instance, overshadows the doubt of discovery. In enabling the scientist to yield power over the climate, there could be no other way to gather from the field what observances present themselves, otherwise hindering the general nature of science forthrightly. In asserting form and duress for the counter-argument that light is a sequence of measures, there could be a relation of form articulation to sequence and finer digression of form and sense in the reticle by examining light from the perspective of a further digression from the English. In asserting that light minute can accommodate for a delineation of form per feature, there could be an acquired skill observing the plane in detail should the question of light acquisition not parlay with the difference in light for matter. That is, should there be a law suggestive of light in detail to measure an argument be prevalent over the mathematical studies of the hour and second within the science of time, the observer has an advantage to challenge the instances wherein there is a modality of constants to feature. In the modality of feature, there can be a leisurely acquisition of light figure that curtail the disaster of perceiving form before feature, that light can entail a sort of endearing nature about the senses, that there is a mentally entrained belief in light precludes form rather than some observation of the beam.
It is in the hallucination of the sequences of light that one may do justice to entrance the senses about the permeability of consciousness rather than the justification of sound scientific conclusion about light. It can be asserted that light, in its greatest apex, has yet to be measured by equipment such that the source of light in outer galaxies is relatable by anything but a lapse of strength to argue the real nature of luminescence. It is in the physical fitness of the surviving observer having encountered the gamma ray that there can be acquisition of a new breed of targets to entrain the vision when considering the nature of time in present form, the obviousness of new visible feature notwithstanding. It is such that light can reach from the furthest observable distances in real time, while the inept scientist reveals in the nature, natural stillness rather, of light, that apprehension is still re resistance to the measure of arguable circumstances about the optic. Notating the features of light, many observers have caused error. In the harmonious room, light can be observed as a continuation of sequential dynamics so long as form and feature are not compromised in observation. Howsoever the ethics of the argument may present, in the optical digression there can be only an intact structure to entrain light distance, let alone such function as observable light distance hour. Sight acquiescence about such objects as the sun have been shown to hamper the vision by causing physical catastrophe to the observer. It has been verified by dearth retainer that light has a slowness as though it were ice or some other medium than that of the observable. It can be shown in the modern context that light does not have a limit of time to target and that light only hampers the equipment of the trade, that thereby there is some initiation of principle against the grounds wherefrom light emerges. To lay the physical principle before the object is to hamper the purveyance of light at all. To give free instance to the oncoming light target as though the sun were a palpable entity, working within the natural bounds of the light, that every instance it is shown there is minimal inhibition of its travel, observed is the context of the vast weather and other environmental sequences wherein humanity suffers to expound upon the finer mechanisms of technology to run vast equations such that answers for the day are presented. Some subject about the light that a cloud inhibits the strength of the eye, there can be that tendency in the sciences to digress from acquisition of form to a calibration of form feature by some circumferential aversion of the subject of light by arguing the sciences other than the weather. Should there be free prediction of the weather based on every instance the sun is less observable, there will be a shown rather there will be shown a pattern of permeable broadcast feature such that light is yet to reduce form to sequence in some way visible as maths. In the open rays, where the sun can be looked upon without protective devices, it is true there is biological certainty to the origin of light to scale, that the eye can affix to the present time and sequence such that there is no delay from the refractory period of the observable sun. It could be argued that there is some other filter inhibiting clarity of light path to the observer, yet to be demonstrated as a reduction of light to a system of rays, and length certainly demonstrates slowness and fatigue about the aperture. Light is being mismanaged by consequence to bring reform about the sciences. 
Light readily observed in sequence can cause a calamity of contention to notions of science. It should hamper the judgment to digress from pattern observation, if not for our natural survival. In considering the limitation of light in a medium, there can be no readily assured intervention to quiet the mind of the observer, who perceives a delay in the instant's recognition of light from its source. That light is owed the debt of the day to catch up to the pretenses of a particular observation only in the rebuke of the consequences social that light has a velocity whatsoever. For there are instances light does not behave by nature of the law, that it is faster still. It can be shown instead that light is surely able to penetrate any medium and form digression is only a meaning of inhibited detail to hour or minute within the scope of the observer's reign about time. That one has attained to an instance of field recognition and acquisition of only the most natural scope and scale. It can be further observed that to notate instances of light dynamics in a threshold, there can be a subtle overlay of light not readily observed that can hamper the eye to yield but false magic about a tool involved in the process of acquiring a light source. And it should be noted that form and sequence of light in its brevity in the day contrast sharply from its lack in the evening. Only a theory can present contention with the construct of calendar day to mark fine feature about light that it is not but present in the morning and has left us by dusk. In the night, Light betides the planet with form and sequence despite our desire as to its presence otherwise shown. It is such that form and sequence play a role about our acquired knowledge of the ephemeris, changes to the stars conquerable in the steady frame of the observer. The deviant about the task of analyzing the ephemeris will note that a perturbed observation of the form of the stars leads to unusual acquisition of eye targets in the day to be ill of navigation in the dark. One may stumble upon the simple harmonics. Light can be such that the day and the night are less resolved, but by fanciful diction about the environment, to readily articulate the phenomenal occurrences as they play out and not yield to the indulgence of action through science or pre-planned technique. To be fluent in the light by day and night there can be an intimidating factor about one's observances, however benign, with apprehension of the anticipated joining to light. There is the gesture to acknowledge the form and apprehension of the optic. Chapter 3. The Environment Light dynamics is an interplay between the cosmic and the readily unseen. For there to be context of the reticle to the observer, there can be a manifestation of residual outlaying observances within the science to contextualize the form into a reduction. When reducing light to a context, it is that there is a fundamental haze about the sense of applicable light so long as precursors manipulate the feature. With calibration of the reticle, fewer mental inequities besiege the observer. In the geological context of observable rock formations, there is an optical sense of length to every stone different from any angle separable from instance of form. It is in the understanding of optical seconds, in the context of rock formation, that one may find induction to be most readily observed. For light to be influenced by rock and stone, there is clear instance of sheen and quality about rock that hearkens the observer to entrain a tool fitly calibrated. Light perfumes against rock, delineating contextual resource. In the finest sense of the term, optical seconds increase the likelihood of clocks to interact with observable instances.
and seeing the change in hue about a precipice, there is that subtle indicator to the mention of the tithing of goodwill to do injury to the eye before said observance, that is, to look before the light. There can be a sedentary justification in the body to will to size and skill scale the argument before any feature indicates malfeasance. That object and size relate to a cornice in the objectification of a light minute source to form a corner or angle. There can be that the light minute is a doppler of inset feature to light, readily acquired but mismanaged in tally. Time justification per angle is then readily observed as an optical sequence of measurable squares or roots observed in pairing with measurements of natural light. In assigning light as a variable in an instance of low contrast, imagine that all square angles are the sun and that any increase in distance from the sun generates a tome of radiant effigy about form and figure. There is that every sequence of light imaginable has some construct to law dynamic equal to the pretenses that it is apprehensible and light performs thus by a measurement of faults about a plane or residual. That there is a pretext to light is a conjugate of source. There can be that light is pre-angled to the sun in all instances of any recognizable waveform. And it is that all waveforms are digressive to the modality of any spherical quality about light should a wave subjugate an amble to a parsec-wide target. At great distances, it is imagined some limitation of the feature of modal inference, but it is best observed that the optical attrition involved in opulence, or opulence rather, is set to great height over meter. This is to say one joins with the tangent should the acquiescence meet the ray, but there can be an apprehension of enormous distance should an optic be set to its minimal height. Acquiring distance in an optical field requires semblance of theoretical nomenclature should optical sheen be under duress of water or other environmental circumstance. In arguing for clarity of optical phenomena about water, it should be mentioned that an inobvious, that rather inobvious to the observer, is that cataract feature of the natural lens in water is not preferred to observe light in water where there is little disturbance of the water Icelandic, sorry, uh, for the danger of parasites and embia, amoeba rather, can be quite high. In acquiring optical targets in the water, it is best that water be moving for the safety of the observer. In considering the environment's impact on visible light, Many unknown factors are at play that may hamper the observer from obtaining the most illuminated perspective. Water, rocks, and unrefined reticle. Many hindrances may present key modifiers to light's overall effect. In gathering key perspective, one must be susceptible to natural light. In considering environmental factors that provide for increased sensitivity in an optical category, Error is sometimes in refining a lens property without allowing for a natural aperture to emerge. Aperture can be a constant that every reticle is a source of frequency, but in considering lens property and eye shot maximal distance effect, for instance, a reticle can be a constant necessity for reducing focal distance per category. In other instances where lens feature is stagnant to a mathematical observance, there can be an additional reticle property of luminescent relief from tilting the optic to the sun. In manipulating the environment features that a reticle is fixed, 
There can be a total opposition to the sun, allowing for reduced instances of clarity and perspective. In considering yield to, of rather light phenomena, an optic can be assumed to be a reticle point effect per every dynamical soft counter to an optic's reticence. This is to say that optical frequency can be measured in place of key aspect or elemental refined point indicators often concluded within a scan of an optic sheen. In joining to elemental key features, an optic can be representative of a distance arc to all flavors of light source instance recognizable as key feature. Reticle aspect is often mistaken for distance to source in integrally manufactured pieces, and science of a key epoch in developmental optical insight has yet to truly develop. The nature of optical shear is often focused, and the natural eye is steady to pulse for a target acquisition so long as intrinsic detail is not counter to the observer's focal residual. In considering a philosophy of higher optical potency, Categorical light arguments are best fit to the observer's tract of natural wisdom about a lighted feature. It is in the consideration of constants that mechanisms emerge, hampering insight to mechanical feature which is otherwise unrecognizable when incorporating delicate shear factor. In acquiring vision within the eye, mount and feature contribute to residue instances where vision is secondary to feature. It is at times structure is accounted for by later, uh, later rather by the senses, and the optical measure is lost signal conduction within the brain. Yet the optical key features can remain visible through a pattern of bridges and sets, much like optical patterning found in mice in small and large groups. Bridges account for residual overlay, whereas sets account for contact and sequence. In a latter sequence, optical phenomena can be divided into residual outcasts and technical foibles by contrast sequence algorithms, reducing the necessity for optical shear. Optical relation to lens minute is thusly defined by a shear without residual impact on a surrounding surface. Generation of key sequences of optical pressure can increase a focal point mask such that altitude is to be factored in salient math feature. Light forma in the upper atmosphere is an excellent source for photogenic or layered and resulting reticence. Key feature is a mechanism of intricacies in optical shear factor resulting in focus and posture, yet residual overcast can present elemental poise, rejecting optical font. Residue feature is a construct in considering apparition of feature and form. Without residue, an optic will face cornering and bent fracturing about its center, leaving the lens to shatter or bend in its natural repose. That interference with light source presents data whatsoever, it should be considered as to how best one can clarify optical observances in this residue that in parchment accompany clerical feature. Lacking in the sciences is a comprehensive of, of environmental factors that would otherwise enable light to be variable distance from any frequency, allowing us to interpret light at any distance without a delay or lag. Natural attachment to source is, for one concern with the environment, the forefront of periodic inclemency. In the natural environment, optical hues take on a construct of marvelous character should resolute ideation subside. 
The mathematical overture of natural matter over form gives some advantage for the person who is concerned with source articula. Pressure and light play a key role in developmental insight in the environment. When an object is thrush with light, there is an instance of form identification with extraneous phenomena suggestive of archetypal characteristics within the optical presentation itself, particularly within the eye of an observer. It is, however, important to remind the reader that attention to the optic is truer to character than denying oneself to the vision of importance in the mathematical relation to form. It is recognized that the object of certainty in a pressurized environment is under tension, and with tension comes optical shear. Chapter 4. Performa. The field of open vision is an immense and pleasurable opportunity to witness the transformations of light. In subjective reality, light elucidates figures and forms and brings to the mind questions as to the nature of real thought. There is no question as to the overwhelming impact vision plays in decision-making, and it is surely that sight offers a clearance in the void of the worlds. In acquiring vision for the object, it is that the body must hold key tension in a field of surrounding isolates, that the body is able to react to the joining of light with the motions of the real. In the higher arc, there is a joining of light, the light, rather, with the precipice of retaliatory offering, that one is beset to witness a perfect and endless heaven. In the meadow of beautiful light, man can see the perfection of the joining of the optic to the related perception without the antics of the mathematical gamut in play. To resolve the vibrations of higher realms of observation, one need only look with the eye to allow for the reactivity of the surfaces and filled spaces to join. Light has no anomaly except when braided with the form and feature of mechanical term. Basking in heat and rays, man can join in the empty union with light to encircle form contiguously and not resound with strength and feature. It is that light can inlay a total conscious rhythm of exact quietude that is solitude and foundational, the joining play together to rather to gather the speciality uh, and structured clear argument for an object left without enforceable radiance by present scientific standard. Sorry, uh, the eye can continue to interleave specific object whilst denying the signal to relay detail to origin. In the encircling construct of a higher optic, the eye can give roundness and robustness to the field of vision that is not solely responsible for sight. As has been elucidated upon regarding hearing, there is that pinnacle expression where sound is form identity for the key object of the eye and coordination of hearing to sight generates a phenomenal actual. In the least resistant sense of, of the terms to do with vision, sight is the common entity when considering optical phenomena to be occurring in real time. Inner hallucinations of the sense realm sometimes form manifest through argument of survival that the inner vision of the brain may actu uh, actuate in computation of the sight realm or manifest as momentary collapse of theater. It's a word in Icelandic, but dang it, I just ruined my book for a second there. Hang on a second. I wish I could delete that out of my podcast. I'm not going to do that. Um, here, I'm going to continue on. 
in the vision of the absurd, <laughs> that word is illegal, by the way, there is the remaining argument to allow for hallucination to relieve bodily pain and fatigue, the vision retaliating against the body by manifesting forms and figures otherwise apprehended by subjective experience. The boundaries of sight must be penetrated with extraneous vision, else there is a lack of perceivable inference for dynamical interleaving of sense orientation. Explainable, however, is that the subjective experience in modal figure, whereby one hallucinates to form a schema about a plane of reasoning, there is any given sense object to relate to form and figure without countering the course of insight. Light can induce the harrowing tones of insight measurable by the body in all its various delights. In inductive vision, the eye need only retaliate against subjective field interaction. For long enough, the body generates the warmth of confined presence. That a sensation of isolated refraction within the muscles can be perceived, further notifying the body as to the extent of the meditation. In considering the warmth of habit in relating sense information by induction of light, the observer can determine comfort and flexion of the form. When inducing a vision, the body can remain relaxed, allowing for light and its source to remain indeterminate. The observer can remain still to the areas surrounding the vision while alert and retaining to the identity of sense objects overall, allowing the vision to enter as induced harmony to the observer. In allowing for the vision to settle without limitation of resource as to new phenomena or sensorialized hallucinated forms, the eye pronounces as an optic surface to the surrounding environment. In considering the dawn or realization of thought, induction can play a key role in deterministic or nature of arguments generated in the allowed field of vision and sight. In notating experience, sight and induction can be quite cumbersome when considering the scope of the eye and limitation of logical fallacy to draw a conclusion from the vision. Realization of the redundancy of the vision gives an advantage in optics. That the field of vision for the observer is heightened by the sense appreciation of dual form by twice-eye observation in general is to be considered as to the development features surrounding two thoughts per eye, that there is deterministic field of nature of the habit of realization rather than insight from the recognized feature of accord or respondent altercation in the brain when considering optically induced surfaces. In the recognized sense, there is the open and free vision of the erring that the eye is to play as key visionary for the soulless onslaught of natural rotunda that there is this vision of the optics on some extraneous plane of existence. In succinct field, there can be an overlay of contrasting pairs about the precipice of union with the phenomenal object, what is essentially insight into the subjunctive. Ocular vision describes subjunctive insight in performa and grants key feature the resounding clarity of redundancy in turn. About the field of sight is the vision of the clarity of response, the notion that there is impact from the causal interlay of field phenomena entering and exiting the situational disparity. In the discussion of form, there can be the natural resistance to form by relating some outer discussion of key feature to realism. In its most useful setting, the sight can provide a marvelous interwoven perspective on the nature of clarity and response, resistance to a sense phenomenon, 
only natural to the fancy of clerical readiness within the environment. In turning to vision for insight, there can be that trust that the eye has given its fair treatment to not be damaged or occluded by ritualistic means. This is to develop an ethics about the eye that entails one must be dramatic but responsible for its health. To be enamored by ritual to do with the eye, one may lose a sense of nearness to the source of certain light. It can be that by abandoning ritual to do with the eye, one can find certain freedom in uniting with the sources of different light in a way that is ethical and healthy for the body. Retaliation against the eye occurs in nature under various circumstances. Noticing a glint of light from an animal or figure, some animals will react with aggression toward the eye, at least toward that which is presumed to house light. Questions of the house of judgment arise when considering the source of certain light, and the brain is not always the easy answer to the equation of responsibility involved in light source or animal instinct. In considering the light of the eye to be visible, it is not always that one will find an attraction to the source of natural vision in the observer. Safety is a must in considering the prolonged exposure of the eye to the environment. In the ocular sense, the eye has an advantage over the phenomenal world in instances where the senses would otherwise rely on data from some objective mystique. As though there were a library wherefrom data could be accessed by the other senses when relating to sight, the observer can be keenly aware through sight that the acquired data coming into the field of observation is readily mixed with sense detail laden within the subjective field. In seeing, one can amass incredible detail and counteract the sense data that would disinhibit the flavoring of the sense detail. In creating a mode for sight, there can be the inhibition of the gates to perception by way of filtering the phenomenal detail prior to an object meeting with the eye. The sense detail necessary for common sight is said the key feature in some aspect to the observer by conjunctory modal expression, that the limitation of form is an habituation of the modal inferences precluding the judgment of form and sequence. It is within the spatial mode of the objective feature that the role of the eye is to battle the modes of the inside language necessary to form a modal sector in reasoning. In the modal key feature of apprehension of insight, there is a principal development in the vision of the observer who is mute to the point of inferential aspect. In developing inference, there can be a disdain for the vision and the aspect ratio common to the observer, so long as there is refrain from inane judgment or insight interference by redundant forethought. Considering the modal key feature of sight in the inference of a letter or section of visible language, there can be a key feature set to the point of inference steadily observed by the eye as a modal inference. Purporting that the eye has a threshold for language is to insinuate in some respect that the eye has an innate feature characteristic of an ocular examining mechanism, as though within the eye there is another organ to the examining focal attitude. In noting that the AI is a feature within a lens, there can be a diagnostic set of transient mechanisms laden within the optic of choice that, rather, be that of the eye or 
a scope-like reticle or other ocular mechanism. In considering the redundancy of the mechanism of inference, one can create a modal inference within the elicited form or feature. It is to make a modal apprehension of insight into the field of vision that one can create a hallucination of the utmost bizarre whilst accessible. That the eye can sense sturdy objects quite readily, it is to be noted that the geospecific relation of the eye to the focal in duration of aspect of geological vector is often skewed for the simple understanding of geological basics. It can be that within data, there are samples of geological origin that are readily accessible to the field of vision, yet to interact with such a sample, it may be impossible to do as such. Interaction with an object in testing sturdiness can be a rewarding exercise for the observer in considering the solidarity of redundancy in the fixture, key feature, or other object. Transient modalities of vision can strike the observer. That redundancy is not an option, and the segmentation of key feature has offered missing pieces to the vision. Challenging the vision to observe within a single instance all visible information for the common aspect to occur, the observer can create a standard format of introspection. By creating a modal inference from a standard of introspection, the vision can appear blurry. It is a belief that by inhibiting the vision in this way, that poor vision can develop alongside meditative insight. Chapter 5. Scale Meditative insight into optical phenomena can be generated from multiple perspectives. Scale is an issue that assaults the mathematical intelligence when dealing with topology. The scale can be forced by the eye to explain a surface more readily, or with more exaggeration, particularly within the common homeomorphism. In the madness of acquiring focus within a reticle to heighten a sense of scale, the observer may be met by the subjectivity of the phenomenal world about the object before presuming or fitting an object to scale. This is to say the observer must generate key timing when approaching the subject of scale, that should the body be similar in size to the object, there can be an enhancement of the key feature such that the body is realized as an object unto itself aside from the marker or optical content in question and thus there is nearly the requirement of the nervous system to justify scale. It is that the human intelligence has forced scale with some mechanism of the intelligence. Confronting scale within science and mathematics can stifle the aims of the researcher. The priorities of art in considering the eyepiece grant us further opportunity in our examinations. Dramatic and realized scale can be two similar types of scale when considering an optic. Dramatic features encompass the broader aspect of scale feature, whereas realized scale contains some redundant factor of resolution within scale. Homeomorphic scale factor resolution can explain the principles of scale feature at membra, but simple lines to explain resolution of scale can be quite difficult to manifest. Redundancy in scale factor resolution is an erroneous habit of the mathematician who scales a vector to an art form or figure of the principal imagination. In considering the scale of frequency, there can be immense usefulness in considering redundancy such that light is instituted as an arc mechanism for the mechanical feature of gradient offset small masses. To be studious about light, there is the quandary of the reticular feature that light is organized by way of categorical abutment to the nearest realm of analysis, that light is only a result of some insanity about chemistry, let it be. For to place the judgment into the fires of the chemical, there can be another method than this. 
Let the mathematics of the argument absolve to feature and form without witness to the effigy of the constructs. Then there is that fortuitousness in the presentation of mathematics-like works that still images absolve the meaning of light in our desire to ready the wills to judge for the nature of light. There can be that lighted book after all. A mathematical homeomorphism presents itself in topology as an object of particular forma, bent with slight repose, I, and intact about the inverse. To scale the homeomorphism can be quite an extraordinary feat of the observer, and it should be amply practiced. To the best of the ability of the observer, force the eye to register the object as a scalable selectable of the phenomenal existence. In doing so, there is great amazement to be found by way of scale and feature. Considering residue once more, there can be that subtle indicator as to the scale of an object with the use of dirt or other mixture. Present in the feature can be some introduction of the permutation of form that there is misinterpreted figure about the theater of the idea or plex. In gathering resources to scale one's optic, there can be an unlimited variety of resource material to scale and model. Selecting the right resources for scale and model examinations can be, or make rather, a breakthrough for the observer in dealing with the life situation. It is to bask in the accomplishment of a quaint model that one has accomplished great things. But there is that element of preservation that may be unnerving to not reveal the preponderance before time evades us altogether. In the quaint reminiscence of my early mathematical modeling, I deviated somewhat from scale to do more chemical work with topology. I decided to devote myself to the prediction of the modeled abstract character that the English letter gained footing over the homeomorphism. I found the practice of joining the characters of the English language to be more fitting for my eye than drawing and scaling models. I was a poor artist. It is perhaps only preference, but the observer may better understand the characteristics of the eye through forced art objective over the mathematical model, that perhaps a new antenna system may emerge, for instance. Howsoever absurdly, the observer can fit sequence with error in the easiest of examples, leading to publication with one's form as it is. The possibilities in allowing art to conquer over the maths are endless. Denoting some importance to scale to regard the impresario as a little less in the scope of virtue than necessary, one may find the articulation of the sight to be useful in the latent expression of form in examining his talents. And there is for every such endearing matter the cross-examination to note the latent intricacies of thought as it relates to the vision. So shall one endeavor to examine a book for the righteous word written in whatever true form it presents itself is the key to insight of the optic eye, that is. It is true to read form for the endurance of the eye and manifest some result therein. There can be that delicate overcry that pronounces out and into the foible of motes, some resolute feeling that there is a joining in union with the slight sight, rather, to bring good measure to the reading. And with such clever eye to detail, there can be further evolution to consider scale about the matter so haphazardly, one only need entrain the eye to difficult reasoning to enable some fine motive to develop in the form. In reasoning to scale, there can be the virtuosity of the calendar maker present in a man to mark fine detail to the ready able that they may see some factor resolute about the addition of words to meet one on the journey from small to large. Howsoever difficult the gambit may be in the optic, there can be pressure to realize the possible grandiosity in scale versus virtue. In challenging the eye to bring scale to the being, 
There can be the elementary development of insight gathered from the most kind of places. Chapter 6. Detail. Granting the time to observe an object, consider the detail and further argument, that within detail is a realm of labyrinth so full, the eye cannot possibly wait but to fixate thereupon. In acquiring detail, the body may lapse into the good nature of having endeavored upon the journey to the finer points, feeling as though space itself was folding in on the apprehension of the thing. Effort comes to mind in considering detail. Orienting the observer to place the attention to the detail rather than the whole sum of an argument in the optic with only its gross conception considered, one may join with the light to find that the observer has little retaliation for the form objective should life suggest some alternative, or alternate rather, to the piece, to that piece of the prize, that actual fitting cleave of reality that paces itself so keenly affront. Where is the nature of detail for the observer, who has amassed the intelligence to further the finer objectives of the diction, to settle upon the rumination of the simple, that for the counter-argument there can be that complex sample of the eye that catches the virtuous and seethes at the unity of the joining causal dynamic, but another point of inference. In the critical union with the eye and the observer, light can forecast a unit of measure elucidating the finer details about the observation. Light in its many angular assaults through and about surfaces gives for us a heightened expression of reason in dealing with the looks. Many virtues can play a key role in defining detail for the observer, admiration being a key player in the relaxation of the body about the witness of the experiment, the eye can adjust to some common feature. Detail for the adventurer into the mind's eye witness is but a small part of admiration for the key object. In admiring the object to enhance detail about the focal vantage point, one may inherit some of the very disastrous folly about the advantage one has over the object of speculation. That there is a value for the object in the question, in question rather, there can be for the individual observer that soft recollection of value and worth tantamount to pricelessness. In approaching such objects, one must assure the moral character as to the grade and decency behind grading an object in detail else there is but the folly for the gross character of the thing. To gain introspection, there is the relief of the edging about the surface that suffices for the detail of the mechanism, at least some degree of loose intricacy. That parts motion are generated in the kindness recoiling from any instances of light, intricate feature can spread to the detail of the expression of form, idea, and volume as well redundancy. There is for the evenness a digression in the overall sympathetic argument, some decency in approaching the smaller, finer bits about a function. In avoiding the scaled larger pieces suffice, there can be some motivation to drill to finer element. In detailing to the refined element that volume is represented in shape and function, there can be an element of control to the theater in capturing the insight language to benefit the collapse of the circle to a square. That is, shape can be an envelope for a dimensional angle. There can be the beneficial segment of loss per every circle. Chapter 7. Atmospheric Light In the instance light presents an atmosphere within a room, light can be measured in a volume or angular distance between any number of arc planes. To present one circle, there can be the distance objective to form an aperture of momentum, that there is a distance regular from the feature of the form of the current. This is to argue that circles and squares can increase the perspective of momentum in the angular readiness about a field of light. This is to create a room or theater. 
An atmosphere of light is to the regular angle some degree edging shorter or longer within an altitude of form or feature. That is to draw currency to an edge of a planar shape whilst maintaining a flat avenue about form and cotangent. There can be then a degree lesser or shorter of an instance of recognizable atmosphere measured in lumens. To measure a room and relate its light atmosphere to a degree of pressure, there can be the recognizable instance of light in a degree to the room that curves and bends to the air some any known or unknown particle weight to the room corners and edges about the place. To elucidate upon the edge, there can be that light enters or fills as a lattice-like matrix rather than tumbling as frequencies or unsettled wave imbalances. Light inducts through a current, creating an atmosphere. In inducted light atmosphere, chemicals induced flow whilst mechanisms of electrical concurrent are of little static error in the margins of the finer detailing. The theory of the emerging structures of the gaseous structures emits light effect are such that light can carry a witness to the insufferable sequences of the maths should the errors of the gas pressure be lower or higher than the radians of the light energy by measure of assurance as to practical visibility or fatal earmark. That light can penetrate a gas does not insinuate that the volume is reduced once the light has gone afar, for there is that chemical promark in the occurrences that would indicate volume is accounted for in the activity of the day or noon. But thus, the nightly experiment of light does not permeate the earth in its ethics to reach unsolvable proportions with every earthbound antenna object, and thus the light must shine for the chemical to ray. It is such that the earth is round, and the subtle gas effect of shade and light are to be noted as effectively dissonant at all times given the impact of the insoluble data to do with weather, and for the forecaster there is more trouble with light. That the warmth of the earth curves with an inference of gas to strike ray, there is a flatness about it, and nay shall such proof stand but a testament to the piano, for in the platform earth quandary is resolved in music not the eye. The danger of the musical system when broadcast to the sequences of the clouds is in the harmony of the prevalent theory to propose the atmosphere must be still to be observed, and yet our earth ways have been to justifiably fill the skies with satellite equipment, that we are fit to observe unto ourselves some internet of connectivity, and the astronomer is doomed to consider the obstruction of the eye for a radian. It is in the confusion that the astronomer considers any visible object to be an obstruction rather than acquiring a focal lens, and thus an emergence of a gas-specific argument for light must be made, lest reached an error of physical preponderances. That gas is scheduled about the show of lights, there can be the assertion that light is without chemical vibration and low, there is further debate to be drawn with regards to the optics. In asserting that the world is without platform, there has been a mistake made concerning the apprehension of the edge in computing and mathematics. We have associated the homeomorphic assault of the topology with such misgivings as big data and yet, for a gas model to emerge that will rightly shine to do away with the trouble of the German-Einstein principles of light-speed restriction, there will be before us a vast religion of physics that strikes the beard with a careful pen should the student daughter in the simplest of calculus. There can be no time to morrow through for students who are only concerned with substitution to question the safety of gas and flow regulation at all let alone address the health and safety aspects of viewing gases in their various forms. 
Questions of ethics are highly irregular concerning the physics of gases and what is proposed for the bottling of oxygen per se. There is that cold winter to fend off the illness. A sickening question to bring to light is to wonder why beneath the feet there is continual account for the spiral or spring factor when there is surely more geological work to be discovered before refining the metrics of the volcano, which is to argue that physics has yet to expose itself to the notion that beneath the feet is another dermis, thereby instigating an ethical toward and away movement about all equipment required for principal testing. Though one may generate a large laser and challenge the light as true or untrue of gas potential, one is still considered a bugger about the sciences and maths for the very destructiveness of the batteries and their warming. For I am to tell you, rather, that there is a physics of the cast light that affects gas in the regular room that the householder must maintain simple oxygen. I am to give no more rumination than basic instructions on breathing. And though there is entirely still some debate that the prism guides the shield of our national defenses, that the nature of math is to inherit from the earth the principal guidelines best laden with result from the field of study about which the mathematics qualifies. Howsoever compared to archaeology the life of the physics may be, it will be for some students of the physics that the psychology is better spent studying the light of the universe else than the pen and paper about the physics. Yet I say there shall be books written should crass research on the physics of our day continue to spill into the mechanics of our industry. Art not be to attain to some leisure about the room in contemplating new ideas. For the development of a model of seeing to the source of the gas, there has been but the hilarity of proctology to be more practical for society than the tools to table for physics gigs. Perhaps the medical fields are unable to rescue us from our dangerous research equipment of the sciences else place. Though much can be said about the development of gas and light, one must note that the diet of the human has changed. We live in a time of refined food and marvel very little at the change in breathable air versus the commodification of wireless energy products or newer sustainable light bulbs with advanced computer technology accompanying. For the futurist, there can be the sleep of the evening to rest assured optimism about which I aim to challenge cannot possibly manifest without some juncture in the reasoning to challenge the aims of science. But it is in the technique of approaching gas and light that one can better argue a sense of course about my perspective, particularly that a gas may be able to randomize light such there is travel faster than within a gaseous shelf, rather, that there is travel faster than light within a gaseous shelf. Should the senses be any quickened then, there can be further pontification of the theories. About the transfer of light energies through the forecasted front of some gas, there can be the notion that the physical matter has yet to be studied in the vibrational context, that some travel faster than the German proposed system not fulfill the science lave, before turning some idea so circularly, that there can be no other notion than to bend to the whims of the Einsteinian principle declaring light to travel to some proposed maxim. I, it can be that there is that form of travel faster than light, and it is found in the relationship of gaseous metals and light, I say. For the metallic sense of justifiable chemistry in a vacuum, there is that quality of the star ahead of itself, the capsule, that portends the notion of some unification of the chemistry ahead of its place. This is to assert that with the correct vibrational tank and gas in place with the proper lumens of light, there are portals about the hull of a ship 
that can be examined similar to the naval doctrines of the Philadelphia experiment. And it is further that the notion to stay in place whilst traversing a plane about microwave antenna detail, there is that notion to propel a vehicle about the road, as though by teleportation. It can be seen in such experiments that the notions of the physics break down at the onset of the proper experience to justify the travels concurrently. Justifying the study of light exceeding the limit of the gaseous element within the chemical model is within the occult preponderances some element of curiosity. That light can cause certain chemical reactions is to be noted in investigating situational marks such that chemistry generates light. That the chemical realm may justify in some realm of reason the excessive chemical nature to react to the element of air, there can be that creation of the seasons for the proper marking of light to do justifiable change to such art as created form by chemical means. It is in the reasoning and justification of the education that one finds reason to perform to a tux about the sciences at the whim of the limitations to form as are known at current and I find favorable to ignore the education of the physics until it is justified that presentation of physical markings to do justification to mathematics or form and feature about equation are not but art marks on the story of the paper. It is that physics encapsulates the basic fundamental exchanges of energy for the clock second, yet does not retaliate or resonate to space in the ways made mention about the fiction of our day where immense distances are covered and alien life expounds upon the notions of existence alongside ours. To great effect, I see that the notions of the layerings of light are to be voxed for the other notions of philosophy, that they are brought to a more modern detail. Chapter 8. Shadow In the great distance of the shadow, there can be the angular shift of the eye that indicates a drastic mood of difference in the nuanced character. In articulating the shadows in the experiment, one must endeavor upon acquiring specialized equipment that would otherwise hinder the traveling researcher from seeing the light uninhibited. Should the observer be of adequate physical fitness, he advises to travel as much equipment as possible when studying the shadow that the forbearances to mark the unusual as change, such that the notions of light is a difference from the equation marking the sum of all angles in the darkness. Though the quiet detail of the shadow is dimly expounded upon throughout this work and varied phenomenological assaults upon its mark, shadow and scale compromise the whole bent to non-experiment upon the finer features of the surface. Shadow can grant for us some opportunity of skeptical inquiry into the nature of the philosophy about which we expound upon throughout this work. Resulting the vision if there is an argument raised concerning dark matter, I test that there is such visible stuff hidden in the shadows that we see but dangerous light in its clever adaptation to penetrate our fair witness, to say we have seen but a thing forced at our objective, lest there is that light that is the acrimonious leftover of the delicatessen destruction of a star or feature, about which we have yet to gain insight, that we have not owed to some other intelligence the workings of the perceived light. That's to say I feared that the onslaught of a gamma-ray burst into our ground should make some scientists happy, that we would be relieved of darkness, and it is for them we must accompany with some strange argument that light is observed in its dual instances contradicting the sciences to say the limit of light speed is nothing but a social mark, to prohibit less enabled same-sex union than German battlement, that the equations set forth by the sciences denoting light speed are but indicative of certain restrictions of the equipment and radio feature of the particular era wherefrom such truth was prophesied.
postulism elucidation upon these notions that human darkness is some slight unseen, notwithstanding less forceful than the basic strong and weak nuclear forces accompanying physics. Because in the physics of our day we see that with the shining of the light of destructive emphasis that there must be harsh criticism of the pain to not note that the sun has changed within our lifetime and our magnetic north has changed by several thousand feet. Thus to reveal the scientist in his plight to institute some notion of social sciences from a gathering of statistical clarity during World War I and World War II. I can only say that the colleges have yet to reduce the existentialism of Jean-Paul Sartre anything less than the findings of Niels Bohr in their crass inquiry to do just nature to society by instigating a debate about climate change and the further aims of the institutions to develop technology without considering the ill-fated precepts that come with expensive circuits favored over more affordable types of the smallest of technologies. This is in part a quandary of fighting in the institutions that the principles that dictate that which is unseen cannot be measured with accuracy before once more addressing the issues of the day to do with the occult, many of which gravitate toward technology, rocks, architecture, and scholastic institution, etc. And it is a justifiable pretense to consider the ramifications of beckoning the sciences to strive for forceful applications of quantum thought that the market be swayed to influence the product delivery services that the manual labor involved in the efforts to obtain items of interest has not caused some warming of the earth. Therein lies an extinction method to not consider the unseen aspects of psychology in the universe. I hope wholeheartedly that the reader should continue about their daily education without panic as I have, producing better arguments about society that we have exceeded the capacity of our services and have generated tremendous waste in carbon emissions. Should I be in some scientist who supports the movements to unveil the finer intricate antiquity of light, I should not exclude the darkness as secrets are there, and we should be apt to find them. The perils of the shadows when addressing the optic is in the path of the expert who has gathered some witness for himself in great warmth about his papers. That the drudgeries of the physics have brought the man to contend with the optic, that there is some hidden mystery yet to be unveiled in the paperwork. I, keen as he may be to address the scholastic base for solvency in the education concerning light and optics, it can be the politics of the gather of words that occurs for the man that lays to rest his arguments by sufficing to the German standard and proclaiming that light has a limit understood by man. And lo, the American has lifted the bar once more in ghastly stupidity, should not some question that the higher philosophies reign within the man to consider the enormity of the day was challenging the thresholds of physical and quantum. In our quantum understanding of light, let us understand the principle that where there is shadow, there is that spirit of the effigy. Suffice to say, there can be only an idea of placement into the sector of a shadow-like preamble, that the ideas willowed from our view are sequestered there, that our marks are hidden and not subject to the outer tables of some argument about speech that recognizes instances of broken participle for every jaunt we make clear into the physical or mathematical sciences. That there is some platonic objective about form and feature, there can be that dismal distraction from the education to bring justifiable change to the reality that the violence of failure in the physical sense. It's to say that physics has generated for our planet some power against the ground that has not been entirely accounted for, 
were found to be solvable by simpler chemical means. Meanwhile, our society is at the whim of the visible reality generated by the sciences. Some sturdy work must be accomplished to accompany for the subtle nature, for the realms of the subtle are steadily being overrun. To hide the mark, this is the aim of embracing the shadow characteristic of the font. That to bring about the regular spirit of a man, there can be the institutionalized offset Hebrew about his jurists, that he may make quick assessment of the field of view and go forth with that Israel high angle of reckoning and do certain damage to the desert of the idea and the mystery of the maths. There is usefulness in the Israeli sciences, though they are inaccurate as a culture with regard landing upon the moon. And yet this desert offers a man, for a man rather, resolute change to the Arab world about his dealings in light, that the sun may bring with it power of the mountainous regions from the drafted countless intelligence outpourings. We can finally see a debate, or rather a defeat, of the Arab about his ways religious in dealings with the calculus of puzzles should the Israeli sciences prevail to Mars landing. So there is the unseen element in the night of the desert that brings with it some violence. We can say further that the man of the desert is chastised by shadow, that the mirage of the theater is but a faint reminder of the weakness one has to travel to those parts of the world for science. Yet there are men and women born there, and they must be afforded to live. Reaching higher in the octaves of the understanding, there is the reconciliation with the shadow. There can be, for a lack of a better term, idiosyncratic adjustment about the wits when one encounters the shadow in dealing of the optic resolute. Bring to the table the higher resolute reasoning that there is not a place left in the universe to be seen. Cannot one escape the hidden fables of eternity of dreams to imagine a life without shadow? In the full illumination of the perspective, there is a doddered and erroneous figment of the imagination at play. Imagine with the realization full of blossom that the observer must place within himself the higher arc of offering to some maiden to enable the fortitude to reach such a character that the result of the fashion is in taking down the ovaries of the live woman with her cleave. By patiently slaughtering the pagan ritual manner to do callous disservice to her body, living, and the Christians that reigned in her higher realms of academia took her to the floor out of the notion that the roundness of the surface cannot be made better by a man that daft upon such demonstration of airings built for some common type of preconceived notion about the planets. Christian reign has over-fundamentalized the battlefield to include the rich, and thus sown our sad seeds of failure for the resolve of the shadow through the Christian ethic alone resolve to the hidden once more. Thrust out that occult within the offerings of the eye, to see that the common man or woman is with sound judgment to make clarification upon the weddings of the English and American common folk. See that the occult and that which is to be entrusted as hidden remain but a corner of the intelligence yet unpeeled and unsettling to the nature of time and the universe. One can see the development of the nature therein. There is that bustle of the sanctity of the union with the tithings, that all mark be brought to the foundational realism of the man himself, so cunning and so able. There is that man who has marked for himself his own death sentence in reinstating the woes of the revealer, 
that the lawgiver must tithe to the common man instance of our society and bring for the news with great haste. Philosophies rain down upon the being from within that there can be some hidden meaning to the light. The light, as it is shown, does good for us to see the hidden. It is that shadow we see a great evolution. With our expediency to do good sound natural judgment about the matters of the inference of sight, we must look to where there is darkness. There in the darkness there is that forever arcing circular twisting of the line before the shuddering stillness of its transforming balance, our sight opposition to the planets. With eternity there is the calling forth of the intellect to do great harm to the man who sees some speech of the fancy to his callous most wit about himself that he may fornicate before reasoning to the matters of the darkness of principle and find for himself brethren before truth. There are men and women of the night that reek of selfishness and poor judgment, that the temptation to do harm to the night is not without its refrain from the duteous. There are men and women concerned with the physics of the light, that it will cast upon others some unknown habit or madness about the place of university wherefrom there will be but students withdrawing from class to just find the mental stability to carry on with ordinary endeavors. One sees the tidings as shown before them in some harlot circus of a media storm, that there is anything light about the dark, and we are shown then some moral character to impart upon the furnace of our growing commons. As we age, we are but babes in the forest of the reeking fist of the journeyman, who has shown us the light of reason do with death by as apartheid with the nature of things. In approaching the shadow in our optic, we must see that the world is broad to the perspective before us, and that there can be no shame in the taking on of the higher octaves to see into matters of ignorance about ourselves, when there is but a leftover teacher after another to see our progress as anything but just the way it is. Our academic pursuits about the judgment to do with that which is within the shadow can be but quaint compared to the grandiosity of light, obliterating the pathway instead. Nay, for we shall see that the light grows within us to give us good experiment then, that we can gather immense bearing about aircraft and other mechanisms where our sight is required for subsequent mastery. In the dealings of the people with that which we aim to conquer the lands, there are strategies that play out by hiding in the forecast of the shadows, and it is there we see deceit and the likeness of the guilty to play to the tidings of destruction of the things revealed. For it is a problem of phenomenology to consider light as the only strategy in attaining truth. Shadow can be for some an inspiration of sorts, but the marvelous pretenses about the world are to be found in the subtle layering of the darkness. Whereas for others, there is the revealing of the shadow to bring justifiable changes within art that excel beyond the normally contrived means of absolutism or flavors of the totalitarian in his accents to the brutal features. Chapter 9. The Frequencies and Movements of Light in the Social Engagement The frequencies of light are shown to our peoples as a set of mathematical and scientific textures mostly devoid of personal relationships, such as that found within the occult sciences. I fear that without some endeavor to investigate some frequency of light with contextually personal characteristics, there will be a loss through time of the value of frequency. To see light gives us an advantage in our evolutionary adaptation to eloquently complex 
philosophers struggle to come to grips with the reaches of the influence of documentation to do with the frequencies of light is accepted to be. There can be an expanse of the decimal point, then the refined frequencies such that, in this instance, 326.168 gigahertz precedes Neptune and is sounded from the planet Saturn, but only in the month of September for every Earth month greater than 137 months within the year of Neptune's path about the Sun. There is a light between the two planets, then, that claims to a season that the savant calendars of Earth see some tithing to the two planets of Neptune and Saturn as religious in nature, that the growth of essays about the light to do with space must be narrowed to some seasonal context our own. Earth and light have been hypermodernized in our aims to narrow down our isolation within the solar system, and it is our savant sensations about the other planet and how light relates between them that this has waned. For the modern context, the relationship of light, relation rather, to the observer must be personalized. To do with space, one may explore the realms through technologies. Some relation between the planets should further remarks upon the ephemeris be of the unusual or usual form and feeling. That the growth and vigor about the astrological calendars triggers some feeling within the citizen to abstain from the usual dealings of the rigorous scientific plots about our lands, one must attest to the nature of light and the perception about the fields and the growth of our food across our country and the world. How do the stars affect some difference within us that light we see does not give to our own growth, our corn, our other crops some difference in the DNA that we have yet to discover? Does the light of the universe upon our meager planet change some instances within the nature of our people and our food that we have yet to understand? It is clear some innovation of our technologies has increased so quickly there can be some notion the light of the universe has harmonized that we are safe to grow quickly, moving with swiftness and virtuosity in our skill set. Our movements can be paralleled with light, that we are swift to the day and night mimic and mimic, rather, on a small scale, the growth of the planets about us. Assuredly, man makes reasonable attempt to commander the hours, commandeer, rather, the hours of the day, such that the light is usable from the farm plot. There is a circuit about the knowledge of the heavens that forms to his liking, that growth is visualized in the frequency about which there is some harmony of an instance of bread for his table, there is that notion the skies remain open to him. There is that knowledge of the heavens that cast doubt on him as well, that should the fertilizer not be brought to the correct amount, light is not enough. And still there is that persistence to judge the seasons in his acrimony. To challenge the will of man, that some light has been brought that calls to his inner being that some nature has yet revealed, there is that impart the frequencies of the spirit that reveal for him some truth to the phenomenal reality. The course, it seems, is ahead for him, and the light of the day brings honor to his tithings about the earth beneath his feet, and he sees ahead through this light some knowledge of the seasons still, to do justly some mortified instance of his pre-death. There can be that life that is sown by the flowers of the light some acquired sense the absolute is attainable within the lifetime.
There is that man who sees, for there is light, and there is that lighted path therein. Each of his flavorings about his spirit are such that the sight is required, or acquired rather, for the bereavement of the soul to take place in his calendar. And there is that man who sees doth to the virtues of the calendar some acquired sense of turmoil and lust about a situation as well. He sees and he determines before him the instances of truth that impart the just action of, to his course. He sees ahead to do just action to the field of vision in phenomenal instances. That the frequencies of light are shown as attempted by man in some way to move in a way similar, there is that man who has cast a vision of the similar before him, and he moves with that light. He resonates to the light and finds some harmony there. This man sees light as some medium, perhaps, that the conclusions about which he draws truth are some higher philosophy of art that conceded in some degree of history to him. He sees the spirit as a lighted path, aye, but there is that part of him that calls to the light to be similar therein and move to those lower and higher vibrations thusly. The philosophy of the hour is such that man can resonate to truth and attain to truth in the light, and see before him the vision that entrains the differences of the madness he has called for himself. Man has an optic, then, that is shown without the necessity of some equipment strewn about the workplace. He sees, and there is that spirit to describe the errors of the ways of the commons, and for him he is divided from the contrasting society. Raising man to the higher society about his vision, there seen is the forecast in our grand social media, the sights of the day and the hour about which we are preoccupied. Man gathers some sense of pain about the errors of his way with the social tasks and takes for himself some time to calculate the many intricacies of his vision to do just action therein. And it is such that the grandest vision of the social media of our day shows for the historian who should see this work some way about our society that is both lacking in the field of peripheral and yet fulfilled by the many motions of the technological circuitry at play to allow for him some time to reminisce on the essence of the hour. And overwhelmed he is instead, I, there is that preponderance that sown are the seeds of the working class to lose sight through the small windows of viewing. Man has lost his tools of insight to the social epic to participate thusly. It is in the marked set of frequencies that man has acquiesced to see the sights of the vision as haphazard and ill-fated to his repose. It is surely that the entirety of the argument to objectively objectify rather sight is thusly proposed that man has done some unjust action unto himself in his society by participating in the visual history of the modern and unusual. For that a man does not seek in history, some do recount of his foibles amidst the treasonous actions of his state as they unfold. There is that vision that daughters to see only the epic as humanist and sincerely loving in the birth. I say there is that retaliatory mechanism that draws against his view and proclaims that the vision is being squelched in ways physical and the vibrations of the subtle and the quaint objectification of the fashion in such that eyepieces are installed in a society to compensate for a lack of sight 
and there are many who suffer from the optical shear of day and harmonize to the brighter light with disease. I, I write that the day of our hour that our country's leadership should eclipse to include the overwhelming worldview such that it does. There is little room for the political by way of a higher sense of sight. Men will go blind arguing the many factors about which the vision of the light hold true. That there is common vision in the ineptitude of his common sincerity. Man instills a vision of the absolute in his work amidst our fine reckoning to find solidarity and peace. Mathematics' argument for the sensational philosopher wanes in the grandest sense of the common pulse, that in analyzing the day-to-day -day functions, there can be some eclipse of the vision to see into the factors that hold man common to light. That our vibration is higher or lower in some scheme to the insight, there can be but few solutions than to resign oneself to the day and sleep at the night. And for our earth that it has grown wildly in work at all costs, and at all times of the day, vision has become for our people some common template for success and failure. We see and yet what is seen in the work hours without the masking energy of the endless engine to succeed. There can be some sense of the erroneous onslaught of effort within our countrymen to propel themselves through the visual reality only to apprehend the short-sightedness of effort and labor in that they have not preserved their work in the form of some visual display for lacking his art or some justifiable instance of language to act as testimony to their habitual jest, these people of the realms of socially bizarre types, as enticed by the sensations of technology, technology eclipsed, that ocular indifferences about the many shades of reality is not resting upon some quantum pressure to examine information at a pace so highly dangerous and quixotic, that man must fold and participate in the visions before him, to consider the experiences of the structured settlements about his plane of existence, the socially visible person must promote the tithings of their own individually, individuality, rather, whilst finding some degree of uniqueness to their presentation. Else there is that pressure yet resolved in big data to bring to him the harm of the government in its reaches to investigate and process the conundrums of the day. That the social markings of man's laborious developments do not make for some instinctual common sense about his picture, there can be for the vision the stunning world of the social gatherings to bring together in sight some special reactions. In meeting with others on some level of the visual, there is that propensity of the brain to adapt to the changes about the reality by way of adaptation, and yet found as some instance of recognizable instinct to measure the reality in social instances. Light causes that dynamic indifference, difference rather, in others such that reactions ordinarily private in the instances of one who lacks social habit, there is the visual cortex rally on behalf of the individual who incites the flame of the senses to do just balance by layering hallucinations with reality some meaningful play of the world. It is the modern sociologist must consider the arguments of the careful philosopher by promoting the social instances wherein man and form are challenged. It is in the visual theaters where much to do with life and the many differences sown therein mark for the readership some juncture to imagine that life is different for every person in so many varied ways 
there can be no one true method to apprehend sight. With the emerging social models of health gaining strength, sight is included within the picture as duly important to our society. That the vision has been affected by the environment, it is important to gain composure about one's person and prepare for the interventions of the medical sciences to aid in the vision. Should the vision be sharp, it is still important to recognize the medical role in vision that one has access even. In one's social activism to inspire sight, the social services to do with vision should be factored into the overall picture of one's social effect. The social realm of sight is open and broad to the extent the era of mystical recourse for action has waned. One can imagine that the highest thought is to be left in conversation, that the social space is reserved for quiet looking, yet the evolution of the social current is as such and awaits the opening of the mouths as well as the eyes. Our civilization has transformed into a current of explainable fads and sensations. Seen as that small world evolves, and the eye must adapt to the many changes of the details forced ahead in our social avenues. Navigating is to accommodate for visual material, then. That encapsulation of model, modal rather expression is to be joined in the heightened expression of art. Chapter 10. Helical Resonance in Space The originating picture of health in the public for the symmetry of light is for any man a common sense of vibrational harmony with the external character of the quizzical unification with the stars. He has set before the reaches of the galaxy some light of the ancient foray. Some absorbative quality exists about the nature of the stillness between the sign object seen and justified to enhance within him some flavor of mechanical receptiveness. To be open to the space light presents is for the respective person some instance of the action of the eye, though we may be of common world to ignore the organ and verify the details in thought. To bring to account some concurrent stance that promotes the exhaustion of the justifiable eye-verse, that there is this stretching moment of convergence with the observable object in the scene tactile, thought, therefore, burdensome but evident to the nature of the moment for the pupil to react, retract, rather, there is sight. That the nature of sight is to recoil from the muscular restriction of the iris, shading instead within the internal breath, the promulgation of the forethought to bring ready to the nerves and actions of muscles to act as though they are without any turgor of willful noises of the callous frame, admiration is for the sense object, existing in the space of resilience the gem-like stadium where serenity and eternity meet at various avenues within the looking sphere. Sight is the power dancer. The mystical sense of reason can arise once again with the adjustment of the simple light fixture. Stories for the eye must be born. Space in the introscopy of the detail, visual layering of the fascination sought after resolves to the current of the visual spectrum, the map of the avenues where sight can lead the visionary can be drawn through effort and pulse to draw a tome. To find the visual realm of healing, it is then we put down the letters to make a declaration of some meaning apparent. We find that the ways of considering sight change over time, but there is that essence of preservation that remains strong to the person with the forthrightness of the vision. And to release to the whims of the old books, 
There is further developing persona some recollection wherefrom one may draw the slights of ancient scripture, but it is with time that our works will earn the mystical chemistry to do some effect to the discriminatory features. Cubical and flat being two qualities of the calculus about which we see in reference to the visual matters thus apprehended in considering the comfortable sample, we can visualize the boundary to make the cubical storehouse filled with some other vision than a book. Game of the imagination that we may play in the optics is to consider the hallucination of a cube in the real sense. We must obtain some maths object in its cube shape and transcend the ancient qualities about the shape. That there is inherent flexibility in considering the future diction toward a surface to generate a source of words, one must consider further the eye and its gravitation toward the shape of the square. This is to project a flat surface and investigate some center that an area is disclosed as tends to be the nature of our habit as a species. Thus there is some illegality in teaching the student a surface or a square with a boundary that describing the dimensions of the cube as it retracts from the vision throughout the day. The basic simplicity in the origin of the shape gives for us some advantage over an otherwise empty world of surface objectives. In our investigation of the square solid, the eye is attracted to the notions of the corners, the area identifiable by sight alone. Should the object be still, there is the identifiable ledger of the solid, and for the liquid, that there is potential for us to identify the surface to be as such, we can further investigate the imagination to consider the objectives we see fit in measuring the nature of the thing, to match the volume of some induration. Our cube instance can digress from natural shape to contingent quality quite quickly. Some fascination with the chemistry of the thing may be considered. It is further to entrap the mind with the vision of the boundaries of the thing and make do with what quality we have then to meet with a tool. In the labor of the optic is to scale the thing. Once some accomplishment as to the findings of the nature of a shape has happened for us, the tendency is to catalog the measurements as we see fit. Confusion is in the assignment for the ordinary student, that some leverage must be brought into question when dealing with form and entity. With a mute fascination with the square, man can reach to the higher algorithms in time to discover some inane union with time and energy in the division of the mass circle to art. In the simple projection of a shape, there is the testimony of the primitive, to will or project some conscious energy, shape and figure can be but partners in some extravagance of energy, and it is the will to prime the evils of energy to do distribution to the mass. There is the shape, then, for every reasonable projection to surmise entropy, there is contention to limit the appeal of the light to gain traction in a multi-dimensional angle, that is, that light is seen, and to justify the vision of the most evident, there can be but a panic to contemplate resourcefulness in the time of an eclipse. Light, it resonates as a signal from space, enters our field of view through the day, despite the intrigue of the limitations of the sun, for which there can be a mark of a lack of energy at times, giving humanity a vision of some odd connectedness to the sun as though each and every human being were autonomous and suddenly colder from the light of our sun. Chapter 11, Our Cold Sun In some faint corner of the Milky Way galaxy, Earth has become cooler due to the sun's change in radiation. There is now the immense closing of the eye. 
It is with these times the eye has come to resolve the breathing to close by the discrepancy between the internal resolve to live to experience the freshness of the air amidst the light of the sun. The ear is indifferent to causal dynamics. The justification of the ego is id proc non sequitur. For the eye to emerge in the summer, breaking open the fluid dynamic of our social ills, there is that resolve to seek further the resolutions of the political, that there is a calmness and resolve to look to the sky once more. It is in seeing the calamity of the created order that there is some mystery of exhaust lifted from our bane. Should the future be truly to explore the reaches of space, there will be seen some migration amidst isolation that further inhibits the evolution of the eye to accommodate a slowness observed in the period of the ear of speech. The refrain from the absolution of the target of the metronome is inhibiting some looks of the clock to absolve the spatial differences in the sun from the diameter of the intersecting spatial resonance that light may escape, forming heat in a barrier that, noted by the eye of the layman, becomes a transference of heat to particle. The science to actualize a period where the sun is monitored as different than in our history is to look at the difference in speech from acceptance of the arc in the highest north of the current between air and water. At boiling temperatures indicate the sun is moving north to the current of the eye's tendency to notice habitual regression of the animal spirit, sound and the account of temperature delayed by the respective intelligence akin to radio. The frequency of light elongated in the currents between time, matter, and energy. An eclipse notes the moon and the particle physics nightmare trauma of accepting the increasing duration of the light minutes in the magnifier, that the optical second duration in water equates to earth minutes some justifiable observance of light in a resolute chamber. Discovery of a constant to allow for a dissimilar recognition of light energy from optical regression results in radar inference. That light is resolute to follow a construct of the eye's inner magnifying components, for which there is a chamber of proteins in the form of a capsule that intersperses optical phenomena to a distinct reticle along a nerve bundle, and light is imminent to the hippocampus. But proof of light is to guess the solvency of audio that interferes with the course of nerves to which the observer points or counts an integer for every digression from the plane. A trigonometric constant in light is present in the Earth's natural rotational occurrences so long as actual source light holds some thermometric mass to light in the form of a ratio that when computed generates electrical current. The rain is a mechanism of a plane intersect between optical instances of shadow and plane that a science of integer is rotational to a vortex of light amidst transmutable water from sources of space, integrating with groundwater to form insoluble courses of air and water, visible light the grain of the earth. An optical phenomena arranges this light, the vertex of a column of air must resolve to a flourish, else there is an escaping of particles. Should the repetitive action of spaceflight entice a change in computers that for every drop of water is a mass, recognizable as an instance of light, the pressure of electrical discharge heightens the scale of a barometer. The pressure is significant should light enter a column of air directly above the surface of the sun. This is to heighten the malady that the sun is a source of life, as well as containing livable and breathable spaces. To surmise the roundness of the sun, a lathe must form within the eye that for every apprehension of temperature is a missing protein or scale, and the behavior of the eye is then to measure the air current. The extravagance of the eye is to tithe in a direction an asymptomatic recall of words and flourishes within the canon of reachable space consumed by the eye. Charged particles are then with the air, which is to increase air mass in a volume where light refracts. For there is no other energy than the canister wherefrom light evolves to a space. 
Doppler smoothing of rounded edges creates a sound that interferes with light by polar induction, i.e. excitation of air particles, that an element in a range of frequency imparts light distortion by chemical means. There is proof in the evidence that optical thresholds gauge by frequency order in pairs, and a constant becomes a string of integers where from light is distal to a chemical combination consisting of infrared ray source, the resounding effect of which courses through our very body as hydrocarbons. Yet to be bombarded by constants of X-ray forma, there is the evolution of a scope that measures the distance between X-rays and gamma source, and it is found in the ear. A timpani of expression is exhausted by the eye when observing scientific data, much like the eye creates an organ in the mouth to explain the likeness of the body to a sensible movement of tactile inhibitors along the backside, preventing a leg and arm from making an interference, an inference rather, as to the nearest source of visible light, that the hand does not rise to make an antenna to the sun. And it is for light accounted for by the ear that a distance between the ear and the sun changes if not for the human ability to absolve water into metallic constant, which would indicate that air moves between the sun and the earth. A lattice of hydrogen and platinum explains the sun's optics well into the 21st century, should an even elementary science of time not infer that mathematics is insufficient to explain the roundness of the sun, whilst explaining entirely the curvature of the earth's sand's gravity. The eye is an evolution of the particle excited by a rotational axis consisting of hydrogen and a salt lattice for 34 hours to the rotation of the earth about the sun. 28 hours explains an excitation of energy that forms water and for every measure of radiation past a thermometric coupling of water and hydrogen represents the cooling of air. Incandescent radiation explains water in a 26-hour period when force against the atmosphere ignites uranium in a hexagonal dispensation every 18 hours to a minute of the sun's warming of atmospheric hydrogen. Nerves form naturally so long as water excites air, and for the earth to conclude a rotation of 24 hours, there must be some flourish of phosphorus for the replication of nervous cellular structures to conjoin with oxygen, and water is not measured instead of infrared, x-rays, or radar. It is furthermore that plutonium dioxide accounts for some action of the earliest evolutions of the eye to reflect a wave indicating distal retraction from water and semi-hydrogen, that air must resolve to a flourish in a canal environment. It is illogical to conclude a plane of trigonometric causal matter isolates the substance along the ear path. To indicate the eye, in sound harmonics, a barometer will suffice to explain the causal interlude between harmonic induction and optical frequency per second or segment in the rudimentary eye bustle, a lapse of protein so small an isolation of either retina or reticular forma to explain rotational disattenuation in integral formula is preferred over rotational ear canal theory to explain the constellation of wave to length eye to measurable canal. It is in the evolution of the eye that a sense of the higher structure relates to an enveloping or frequent light to bowel asphyxia, and in the narrowing of a chamber is a particle flourish indicating light. There is a roundness or smoothness to a canal structure resistant or retardant to light. Enveloping a central flux of discrete horizontal planes is a rhythm indicating light articulates an anion about hydrogen. Rich in protons, sodium benzoate, axis of potentiometer, cascading air particles indicating incandescent variations of hydrogen peroxide predominate interstitial spaces of cosmic origin that incandescent rays illuminate lead as geospecific to indicate an origin or a threshold. There is light in a threshold. 
There's an activity of metal that predates science to the opportunity to light as a residual form of rays upon rays. To deduce the origin of a species wherein light is an accountable scope of reducible interchanges, the calendar of residual tectonic pretense within the scope of randomized particle matter indicating a shelf sufficient for organic lead former precludes recognizable gravity, enticing seasonal changes beneath a pressurized vent. There can be a rhythm of inexorably present fields of organic trace matter indicating magnetic flux, light escaping a vacuum indicating a high threshold of heat, does for matter what light does for intangible radio indicating any history light lacks surface. Pressurized radio in the instance of a field generating a gravitational fume, there is recognizable scape of massless emission under the pretenses light digresses from a core of heat energy. Fumatic in the coil, induction of one pressurized capsule to the instance of lead, the birth of a chemistry of solid material where Jupiter is in the horizon of the meter toward the moon, ours, when for every dynamic of oxygen unites insoluble hydrogen in a vent, there is a discus flora of radio effigy, a confusing construct of visible yet volatile tungsten and lead, that therefore there is this exuberance in the birth of technology is pent-up calculus of ridges upon ridges, and the only accuracy in a light produced by rhythm of human causal space is a recognizable hydrocarbon embarking on some relationship with sulfur, that the dynamic of light recognizable as a field generated by pulses. The meter of excellence is in some relationship to sulfur for a coefficient of inductive water and boil to siphon and meter that induction is resonance in any measure, so long that any instance of measurable space is by any cognizant measure some perplex of higher carbons emerges as significant as an integer. There is an oscilloscope wherefrom lead is massless about water. Integer within the lattice of a scope measured by 256 carbons for every 357 nanohydrogens is for one lumens of measure a 356 terahertz integer that the sun condenses to a moon and all science is but an integer. No such place exists but the moon. Chapter 12. Pretenses without virtue. In the optical wavelength, there is causal space, that every recognizable shape is a mere fathom of noise, that any man has made constable effort to observe the outlaying lights that glow upon the head, and the looking upon the moral outcroppings of man's moral society is for the giver some craft that the virtue is that there is no reason to suffer the English pilot if he is a mystery. There is for every tactician a judgment given to the remaining heads of a discipline. In the light of the arithmetician, he who does not have his garbs, there is this forever lust to pull at the tragedy of his exuberance outburst, his exhaustiveness, those rings so mystical on the sum scenario, again, from.